And I'm the kind of guy that I put all of my eggs into one basket. Once I figure out that I love something and I want to keep doing it, I'm just all in. And then here I am, you know, 10 years later into Olympic weightlifting, it just kind of grows from there. You know, before you know it, you have a whole team of like 100 lifters. Welcome to the Barbed Podcast, where we talk to the smartest minds and the biggest personalities from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is proudly presented by Barbed.com. Today, I'm talking to weightlifter and coach Zachary Hughes. Zachary is the owner of StrengthWorks. He's also a pretty dang accomplished weightlifter in his own right. We talk about training in weightlifting, peaking, periodization, progress, a lot of this podcast. And we also talk about balancing being both an athlete and a coach, which many weightlifters are at certain prime points in their career. Zachary is one such example. Really hope you enjoy this conversation. We really dive deep on a lot of weightlifting nerddom, but I think there are takeaways here for athletes across the realm of strength sports. So I hope you all enjoy. Hey, Zach, I appreciate you joining us. You just got back from San Francisco as of this recording, or at least the night before American Open Series 2. Tell me about your experiences out there. I've actually never been to a weightlifting competition in the Bay Area, only Southern California. So you'll have to give me your rundown. Well, just want to say, first of all, thanks for having me on your show. Thanks for your time. Um, my experience at the AO2 in San Francisco was really cool. I typically don't get to travel to competitions without also having to coach like 10 plus athletes. Um, so me, I'm, I'm a guy who's trying to balance being a coach and an athlete at the same time, which isn't always easy. But uh, I wanted to take this opportunity and go and compete myself and um, focus on some of my own lifts and uh, had a great experience. I've never been to the Bay Area before or uh, San Francisco in general. So it was fun to kind of go and explore. Um, my lifting was it went really well. I had a good cycle leading up to the meet and I was hitting PRs and training and uh, I had reworked parts of my technique so that I could uh, have a better experience than I did at Nationals. And I ended up hitting a 150 kilo snatch, which was a national competition PR. And then I did a 187 kilo clean and jerk, which is a one kilo national competition PR, my all time PR being 191. And then uh, for my third attempt, I was close on a 195 kilo clean and jerk. Uh, that, that happened to also be a PR total for me uh, at a national meet. And then I was knocking on the door to a 350 total which um, was pretty exciting. It feels like a big step for me. And then it always feels like a good feeling when you travel to a meet and you spend all that money and time and then you have a good day and you're like, oh, okay, it was worth it. Uh, so it always makes a, a lot more fun. Now, you were competing at 109 there? So I was competing at 109 plus. I am typically oh. a 109, but there was just no point for me to cut down to 109 for that meet. It wasn't going to give me a competitive advantage or help me qualify for any teams or anything. So it was no point. I want to talk a little bit about this balance between being a coach and an athlete. What are some of those challenges? You mentioned that obviously there's a time commitment. And obviously when you're at a competition, you're coaching people and you're also trying to yeah. be a lifter and put up a good total. Your your brain is getting pulled in a lot of directions. Those kind of seem obvious. What are some of the things that people might not expect as far as those challenges? 
Well, I think the the biggest thing is just the nature of being a coach and the nature of being an athlete to start off. Like, in order to be a good coach, you have to be selfless and pretty much only care about your athletes, you know, their needs, their emotions, you know, their well-being, their preparation. And then to be a good athlete, you have to be really selfish and care about everything that goes on with you, your performance, your rest, your nerves, your energy, your food, you know, your hydration, uh, emotions, all of that. So to be a good coach and a good athlete at the same time is really hard because those two things are conflicting. One is being selfless and then one is being selfish. So it's kind of one of those things, the dilemma that I'm running into where it's like when you put more energy into one, the other one suffers, if that makes sense. And then when you start having a family and other stuff like that, you know, it gets even more complicated. So uh, I would say that there is no such thing as balance with those things because it's when you put more into one, the other suffers. Uh, so you just got to kind of put put yourself into uh, the things that need you the most in that moment and focus on what's important in that moment, if that makes sense. It can be hard, especially like, for example, at uh, Nationals this past year, I coached 11 people for over 10 days and then I competed at the very end. And you can imagine like when your athletes are competing, all the emotions and the ups and downs that they feel in the competition, you know, if they have a good day or a bad day or whatever, you feel all of that. And you have to try and not let that affect you too much so that you still have some energy and some emotional, you know, adrenaline left in the tank when you compete. Um, so it can be challenging for sure. Um, you have to get used to it. But uh, that's just kind of what comes with success and building a, you know, a good weightlifting program is people, you know, they need you and they rely on you. So it just comes with it kind of where in the progress of your weightlifting career did you decide that you wanted to be a coach and the reason i ask that is because i don't think there's a set standard when someone's ready to be a coach obviously there's certifications yeah right obviously there's experience but i'm less interested in you from your perspective when you were like oh i'm i'm ready to be a coach based on my credentials on paper and more interested in when you decided you're like, Hey, I, I actually really do want to coach athletes, right? I want to take on this mental, emotional time burden. And I want to start working with people to become better weightlifters. Yeah. Well, I think that where my background was in college, I played football and then I realized that I was uh, better at training for football than I was at football. And so I, Pretty much after football, immediately got into weightlifting. And, um, you know, I was pretty much just training by myself. I was that weird guy in college weight rooms that was doing like snatch and clean and jerk, and everyone's looking at you like, what the hell is that? You know, I think that it's, it initially stemmed from me wanting training partners, you know, so I would find people who were maybe interested in training with me and I would, you know, help them along the way. And then it became a thing where, you know, I felt that naturally, I was a good leader. You know, I was a captain on my football team and um, other stuff like that. So I just felt like naturally it was kind of within me to be a good coach. And then once I was in college and, you know, I, I needed money and all that, personal training was a route that I went down to, uh, you know, make money for myself and to make a career for myself. It just seemed like a good fit. And it was, an, it was, uh, it afforded me the ability to be in the gym doing what I loved, which was training. And I'm the kind of guy that I put all of my eggs into one basket. Once I figure out that I love something and I want to keep doing it, I'm just all in. And so that's pretty much what it was. And then here I am, you know, 10 years later into Olympic weightlifting, 
uh, still going. And I just kind of step by stepped, you know, moved up into the weightlifting world with, with my gym and everything like that. But I think it just started from me wanting to have training partners and then it turned into, okay, well, I want to, you know, help this person get as strong as they can. So I need to help them with their prep and their programming and all that stuff. And then we're going to competitions and, you know, it's, it just kind of grows from there. You know, before you know it, you have a whole team of like a hundred lifters, you know? So do you think weightlifting attracts a certain personality type? You know, I would say that I'll say this. I would say that it attract in order to be good at weightlifting, but I think good at, you know, competing in sports in general, you have to have a certain personality type, but I've seen people in weightlifting that have all sorts of personalities. So, you know, I think that people can do weightlifting no matter what the personality is, but if you want to be like a good competitor or you want to go to a higher level in weightlifting, you do have to have a certain personality. Do you think, do you think it attracts people with obsessive personalities? I mean, there definitely is an obsessive part to weightlifting. <laughs> I think you could say the same thing about like golf or like mm-hmm. other sports like that, where it's just like there's like so many little intricate details. But yeah, weightlifting definitely, there's so many details you can focus on. So if you're into stuff like that, weightlifting could definitely be something people are into. Yeah. All right. On the ranking of sports that are most frustrating, we've talked about weightlifting and golf, which are two sports that people love and get really into, but they also frustrate the crap out of them yes you know what i mean like it's always every weightlifter i think every golfer i've ever talked to they both have love hate relationships with the sport because if something goes wrong it's all it's your fault there's no one else to blame right exactly and that's kind of the beauty of it too 100 percent. what where do you think like what are some other sports where you see a similar maybe similar uh kind of vibe as far as oh it's easy to get frustrated you love it but you just can't stop mm. similar to weightlifting you know track and field mm. you know might be something like that like sprinting or throwing you know uh, i see like a lot of coaches in weightlifting they also coach throwers or a lot of people who are really good at weightlifting like for example um mary uh she's trying to make Mary Tyson Lapid, yep, yep. Sarah Robles, you know, I can think of a lot of people who started out in throwing or um, you know, Dane Miller over garage strength, he coaches throwers at the Olympics. It's similar to that, like very technical, very like individual, like there's no one else out there when you step out onto the track but you. Um, I could see a lot of people who are into weightlifting also being into throwing or sprinting, stuff like that. One thing I realized that is the same with golf, weightlifting, and throwing, it's channeled aggression for a very short move, very short, extraordinarily precise and technical movement. Exactly. It's like trying to hit a bullseye while running full speed. Quite lit- quite literally, actually, if you combine yeah. all those. Yeah. Let's talk yeah, let's talk about weightlifting in the United States right now. It's kind of why I reached out to chat with you because I'd heard through the grapevine that you might have a, a, a different perspective, right? And, and as a coach okay. and athlete, um, someone who's active in both, you can kind of see both sides of that coin. So I'm curious how you think weightlifting in, in the United States has changed over the course of the last five years. The last five years. Well, I think, you know, we, we just saw a new CEO come into USA Weightlifting and um, it seems like there's some changes going on, especially with, you know, master's weightlifting, mm-hmm. you know, master's weightlifting is kind of branching off and doing their own thing. And there seems to be a lot of people kind of 
in the weeds, if you will, not knowing what to do. In terms of the sport, you know, you've seen the sport grow a ton. You know, when you look at national meets, you know, the uh, attendance at national meets is at all-time highs. Like, for example, at the Arnold Championship, which is one of the most popular meets of the year, you're seeing caps, like hard caps on those meets where they're only letting certain amounts of people in, uh, which is cool to see. You know, it's cool to see a lot new people, a lot of new people come into the sport. National Championships Week is always really big. Finals is really big. Um, I think the sport in general, also, you're seeing, you know, uh, the qualification for the Olympics change. And then there's also a lot of speculation whether or not weightlifting will be in the Olympics moving forward in 2028. So there's some things that are up in the air. But then when you look down, you know, just at the fundamentals, you know, weightlifting is weightlifting. Uh, I think also there's some call for some rule changes, you know, with like press outs and and stuff like that uh, from the masses on on the old Instagram. But yeah, I mean, other than that, weightlifting is, you know, snatch, clean and jerk and uh, people, I think, are still really enjoying it. And yeah. Where would you like to see some more change in the sport of weightlifting over the coming years. If you were suddenly someone who could call some shots, for example, I just want to give one example. The IWF is pretty keen on, it seems like, potentially removing the press out rule. Yeah. Right now. Obviously, that can be controversial. I, I do want to ask about your opinion about that separately, but that's just an example of like if you could wave a magic wand and change something about weightlifting, could be at the community level, could be the rules, competition level. What might some of those things be? Well, I think, uh, you know, we'll talk about the press out rule here in a little bit. I think things that I would like to see when you talk about spectator experience, you know, I think me coming into the sport 10 years ago, like 2013, 2014 was like a really great time in weightlifting because it was right when CrossFit started to pick up and weightlifting started to get really popular, but it wasn't quite what it is today, but it was just like starting to ramp up and you had a lot of really great lifters in the 94 kilo class and the 105 class. And what I remember being a young lifter is I would go to meets like the Arnold Championship or Nationals, and they would have like a single platform, uh, really well done. It wasn't like um, four or five platforms in a competition. It was like really well done, one platform competition, and you would have these sessions with you know, a lot of really good weightlifters in them, and you would see big crowds just for those one sessions. You know what I mean? And I think that nowadays, when you think of how many people are doing the weightlifting competitions, it kind of, in my opinion, waters down some of those bigger sessions because you have at the same time so many different sessions and lifters going uh, at some of these meets. And I think that that kind of can water down the spectator experience a lot. So I think that if your goal as weightlifting is to grow how many people want to watch it, I think that bringing back that spectator experience a little bit to like those bigger sessions, you know, like with the big A sessions, with the bigger lifts happening, the bigger lifters, uh, I think it'll make it better. So I don't know quite how that would work, but I think that trying to incorporate some one platform uh, going at the at one time sessions would be really good. And um, that's something I actually talked to David Garcia. I don't know if you know who David Garcia is. He was at the Olympic Training Center uh, for two years from 2014 to 2016 leading up to the Rio Olympics. And I talked to him about that on my podcast, actually. But that's one thing that is in my mind where I'm like, I wish that they would bring back, like, for example, when you watch the World Championships and you see how cool 
their platform is. I mean, you, you see their competition platform, how you're walking out to the, uh, how you're walking out to the platform and all that. It's really well done. The warm up area, it looks really cool. And, uh, part of me is like, you know, if we had a little bit more prestige on some of these bigger competition, uh, sessions, it'd be really cool to watch. Well, before I forget to ask, we mentioned the press out rule. We've been teasing it. What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on the press out rule and weightlifting? Well, you know, I think that it's hard. I think that the the big thing for me isn't necessarily the press out itself where it's like, you know, my arms being completely straight and they're not being any bend. I think the issue is the inconsistency in the judging of the press out rule. It's difficult to say that someone who has some elbow movement isn't pressing out than someone is. And then it also can come at like inopportune times. Like for example, Mary, this past weekend at Worlds, you know, uh, that's one of the more controversial lifts where, you know, there might have been a little bit of elbow movement, but was it enough to say that it wasn't a good lift? I know that some people are saying to take out the press out rule, but I also, as a, you know, a weightlifter and a coach, I like there being some sort of standard with the movement as well. Uh, something to hold yourself accountable to, something where you're not just blatantly, obviously, pressing out the lift, kind of like in CrossFit. You know, I do think that there should be some sort of standard, but I also see the inconsistency in judging it being a big issue. So I'm not really sure what the middle ground is. Maybe the middle ground is, you know, replays and stuff like that in competition. I'm not sure. But, um, or maybe allowing there to be like a little bit of wiggle room within the rule. You know what I mean? Like allowing a slight amount of movement, but, you know, not like, a drastic amount of press out, but then also that becomes, you know, up to opinion as well based on the judges. So I'm not really sure what the answer is, but I do like there to be a standard uh, for all of us to follow. And you know what I mean? That makes a lot of sense. Okay. If folks could go and watch one weightlifter in the USA weightlifting system after this, who should they go watch? Who's the most exciting weightlifter in the American system right now? The must follow on Instagram the person who, you know, if you're at a competition, you actually try and, and watch their session because you want to see their performance. For females right now, I would probably have to say Olivia Reeves. Mm. Uh, hey, she's coming off some some uh, fresh junior world record, so you're, you're, you're definitely on the right track there. Uh, she's a phenom right now, man. Um, she just seems every time she touches a barbell, she has a good day. And uh, she's so consistent and she's so strong. Like when you watch her squat, like, you know, you, you watch her do a beltless and wrapless squat at like 200 kilos. And we're talking about, you know, like a junior female who weighs 71 kilos, 155 pounds. Uh, it's pretty incredible. You know, I have guys who I coach who aren't even that strong, which is in insane. And then she just clean and jerked 142 kilos and total what, uh, 253, something like that. So she's pushing for an Olympic spot. I would say that she's got to be one of those people. And then in terms of men, mm, one of my favorite guys to watch, who's also a friend of mine, his name is Morgan McCullough. Mm, yep. Yep. Love Morgan. He's a young guy. Um, it seems like every time he's getting in the gym for training, he's hitting a big day, hitting a big session. He's, he's out there training with another friend of mine, Wes Kitts who uh, I actually just had out here at my gym recently. He stayed at my house and um, he just got done competing at worlds went uh, five for five. 
He didn't uh, do his last clean and jerk after he did 200. Those are a couple of my favorite people to watch for sure. I have a lot of other friends who are really fun to watch as well, but those are just a couple names I'll throw out there. And of course, Zach Hughes. I mean, of course, absolutely. Of course. You know, if you want to watch a guy who's got a lot of energy when he lifts, you know, watch Zach Hughes for sure. (laughs) You're you're looking for that, like that pump up motivation. Absolutely. I do want to talk a little bit about you have a podcast. You're creating content and weightlifting. What's the podcast? And I guess my follow-up question, my tack on question to that, who is the best who did you have the most fun recording with? That's what I'll ask. Okay. Well, yeah, I just started my show. It's still in the baby stages. You know, I think we have around 500 or so subscribers on YouTube. I don't post the content anywhere else but YouTube just because I like in-person videos. Totally. Um, it's called Lifting with Legends. And basically what it is, is, you know, what it sounds like going around and uh, training with different legends of the sports, meaning you know, either athletes or coaches going to them, training with them and um, videoing the training session. Sometimes some big PRs happen, you know, sometimes it's just normal training, but it's like, what is it like to train with those people? What kind of things do you talk about? You know, how does someone approach their warmups? How does someone stretch out? You know, when does someone get serious? What are the things that they say when they're doing these things? And then after we do a training session, we do a formal interview, kind of like this, where I talk about, you know, their upbringing and talk about, you know, their career, talk about them personally, all those different things. I I would say my favorite that I've done so far, gosh, I had a really good time with Wes Kitts. He came out to my gym and we filmed a ton of content, some that I haven't even posted yet. And uh, one of the reasons why I think I had such a good meet this past meet at the AO2 was because Wes, he helped me a little bit with my technique. And anytime you have a guy come in who snatches 180 kilos, you know, 30 more kilos than I snatch, uh, you'd be dumb not to to listen to what he has to say. So training with those guys and then saying, hey, what are things that you see in my lifting that I need to work on or, or how can I, you know, approach this better? You know, I think that there's a lot of value in that. Uh, in that episode, actually, we also trained with Mirabai Chanu from Team India, and she is the Olympic silver medalist and also the world record holder in the clean and jerk at 119 kilos, weighing only 49 kilo body weight. So uh, I was fortunate enough to have Team India at my gym for the past two months, two and a half months, and uh, talk with their their national team coach, Coach Vijay Sharma, and Mirabai and watch them train every day, nine nine times a week. And um, so a lot of good stuff in that episode, I think. Who would you record with if you could train with anyone and train and record with anyone at their prime in the history of weightlifting? Uh, Lasha. Lasha Talakadze. So so your answer is you could, in theory, go do that now. I could. Well, I, yeah. One of my friends, he actually just was out there in Georgia training with them. You know, I, I uh, have reached out to... Lasha, not him personally, but um, one of the officials on his team, his name is Georgie. I reached out to him and asked if he would ever be interested in doing like a seminar or anything like that, where obviously, you know, I'd pay for his travel and pay for him to come, you know, do like a seminar in my gym. And then hopefully we can film something like that. They haven't gotten back to me about making something like that happen just because he's getting ready for the Olympics, getting ready for worlds, you know, in the heat of training and all that. So, you know, it's probably hard to make something like that happen. It would probably be something he'd be more interested in doing maybe after he retired, you know, I don't know. But, you know, when you think about Lasha, he's just a guy who 
undefeated in the past like seven or eight years of international competition. He's a guy who wins most of these meets by openers. You know, he's following himself at all these meets. And from this past weekend, I understand how hard that is because I followed myself on every single attempt, on every single snatch clean jerk attempt. And I, I was just like, man, how does Lasha do this with 220 snatch and, you know, 260 whatever clean and jerk? But he's, in my opinion, greatest of all time. He's just one of those guys that I would love to pick his brain, film with, and just see up close, you know, uh, see what he, see him do what he does. You know what I mean? I think that is a an excellent answer, and I, I I think right now we're we're very privileged as weightlifting fans to get to see. I think almost undeniably the greatest super heavyweight of all time. Yes, um, absolutely. I'm sure there are some folks who would who would give arguments to disagree, but perhaps the greatest weightlifter of all time to see him in his prime, to see the longevity he's having as a super heavyweight, which is so rare, and that is so taxing on the body to be yeah. that heavy and to be that strong with the kind of intensity that that takes. I could wax poetic. Well, the longevity too. I mean, the, the longevity, you know, when you think about it, these guys are competing internationally, you know, all throughout the year, you know, yeah. multiple times per year. And um, when you think about that, you have to be in top shape, you know, pretty much all the time. Yeah. He was dealing with the injury, I think, after the Olympics starting this quad, but I think he's been working his way back into uh, shape. And you saw how easy his weights are moving at this competition um so clearly you know he's starting to get healthier i think and he's having some good training cycles leading up to the the paris olympics next year but like you said undeniably the best uh super heavyweight of all time i just think the reason why i think he's the best ever is because he's doing things that no other weightlifter has ever done yeah you know in terms of his, his snatch you know almost snatching 230 kilos and clean and jerking 270 in training uh, it's almost 600 pounds. You know, he's just doing things uh, that no one else has ever done. And then the amount of success he's had, you know, I don't think I remember ever seeing him miss a lift in competition. It's happened, but it's so rare. It's so rare that often at barbed, we're like, oh, he missed a lift. It's crazy. Or, or, or not often, but, but like if he misses a lift, it's like, do we write an article about that? Because it like never happens. But it's like, can you imagine being at the world record standard for every lift that you do and then never missing and then doing that for almost a decade? I can't because I can't because I've never done. It. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's uh, it's so incredibly hard, and I think it's hard for people to put in perspective if you don't do the sport. But it's like, you know, it's like basically Stephen Curry being in the NBA Finals and never missing a three pointer. That's what it would be like. Zach, where is the best place for people, or the best places for people to follow along with you? Um, best places. I definitely put a lot of content out on Instagram. Uh, if you want to follow my personal, it is at adventures of Zach, all one word. And then if you want to follow my team, we are team strength works, uh, which is strength underscore works on Instagram. And then also, if you want to see the content that I'm putting out on lifting with legends, you can follow us on Instagram, lifting with legends, all one word, or you can follow us on YouTube, which is where I post the, uh, the big, the big content i post all the training sessions and the interviews we're just lifting with legends on youtube but yeah that's where you can find me if you want to see my personal or the team or the the content that i'm putting out zach really appreciate your time pleasure getting to chat today thanks man i appreciate you thanks for having me on